and welcome to Ag PhD Radio. I'm Darren Hefty. And I'm Brian Hefty. Thanks for joining us today. We've got a great show for you. We're going to talk about some new crop protection products. As always, though, we are happy to take your phone call and talk about anything going on in your farm. Or if you've got any questions for us, just give us a call here at the Morton Studio, 844-44-AG-PHD. That's 844-442-4743. You can email us, radio at agphd.com, or find us on Twitter, agphdmedia, Darren Hefty, or Brian Hefty. All right, so again, we are live in the Morton studio today and talking about new crop protection products. You know, one of the challenges in agriculture here in the last 20 years is we really haven't seen a lot of brand new modes of action, uh, but we have seen a lot of new products. It's just with a lot of these new products, they're just combinations of old stuff. So, what I get most excited about is when something is actually brand new. And we've got a little bit of that going into this next year. So we've been talking about some of these things here over the last few months. But we'll spend our entire show today talking about new crop protection products. Uh, I, I guess... Well, well and it's not just, it's not just uh, crops, Brian. It's also things like pasture. I mean, there, there are some new I things coming up. I pasture as a crop. But what? anyway, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's new things coming out for pasture, too. Like, I, I love when a company comes to something that is a quote-unquote 2,4-D replacement product. You know, something out of that same family without a lot of the negatives. You know, when you look at, at a product like DuraCore, for example, where you've got a combination of the active ingredients from Milestone and this new RINSCORE active that they've got, that's pretty exciting for me. I, I like that because it's going to replace a lot of those acres that have gone to uh, a graze on next or something like that in the past and offer some more value for uh, farmers and ranchers. Yeah, so just to talk about that product specifically, since Darren brought it up, uh, again, this Rinscore is a 2,4-D replacement. It's the same chemical family as 2,4-D, but it doesn't have all the volatility of 2,4-D. Now, the advantages to this, in addition to lower volatility, it's got a little more broad spectrum, works real fast, uh, mixes well with a lot of different chemistries. So that part's great. It's just at this point, you can't buy that Rinscore all by itself. You have to buy it in a combination. And the combination they're going to talk about in pastures is called Duracore. That's already got the federal label. The state labels will be coming here before spring. So you should be able to use that even this year. And they're going to price that Duracore about the same as how they have priced Grazon next. So we're going to see a super fast switch over from Grazon Next over to Duracore. There's really no reason to stay with Grazon Next as opposed to going to Duracore since Duracore is going to kill all those weeds and more with less volatility for the same price. So that's the kind of stuff that I get excited about is the price side of things because typically when new stuff comes out, how is it priced? Well, it's usually priced, as as our dad would say, higher than a kite. Okay, so it's priced super high and you go, well, I'm kind of interested, but I don't know. But at least with Duracore, uh, it's it, you're just you're going to swap that out, and then the money's the same. The other thing that I was going to mention before we really start diving into products is a lot of these things that we are going to talk about today are fungicides. So back, uh, let's see, was it just last week? Uh, we did some, or a couple weeks ago, we did some Ag PhD workshops. Well, it was just last week. And one of those was our weed insect disease workshop. And we talked about 
many of the new or recently released crop protection products that had come out. And as I am, I'm literally looking at the list that was in our workshop books right now, and over half of them are fungicides. So this has been really, I would call it an exploding market here in agriculture in the last 10 years, because prior to 10 years ago, most of the fungicides in the United States were used on specialty crops. Even though we saw, yeah, there's some gain in corn and wheat and soybeans and, you know, all all these big acre crops, but it wasn't where you said, man, I I, I have to do fungicide or I'm going to get hurt. When you think back, and I realize, you know, now we have in our heads $3, $4 corn, we have $8, $10 beans in our heads, but I want you to think back to 2005, and even 2006 for that matter, but especially 2005. So it was just 15 years ago. The crop prices were terrible. I mean, in the fall of 2005, we had $1.30 corn locally. $1.30. That's it. You know, the bean price was horrific. The The corn price was horrific. And so when you look at that, you go, man, I can't afford to do much of anything. And now today, you know, we're all as farmers, crop farmers, complaining about low prices. And I'm going, yeah, I mean, I'd like the price to be higher too. But here's the way I look at it. Fungicides are actually cheaper than they were 15 years ago. And the crop prices are more than doubled. So that should mean that our return on investment is dramatically better than it used to be. And Obviously, it is, and that's part of the reason why a lot of people are going this direction. The other thing with fungicides, because there have been so many new fungicides that have come out here in just the last few years, it's dramatically driven down the prices of the older fungicides and even some of the newer fungicides just to compete. The the prices are less. So I'm super excited, and you've been hearing us talk about this all winter long, but I, I mean, I can't wait for the 2020 growing season to start because we have lower input costs on almost everything. And I still am a firm believer that we are going to have higher commodity prices at some point with all these trade deals that we have signed. So I think things are going to get a lot better. But I just really encourage you, take a look at some of the fungicides. And maybe if you say, well, you know, I've used fungicides a couple times. They haven't worked super well. Try maybe one of the new ones, you know, especially multiple mode of action products. We have seen better results with some of these things than the older ones. So Yeah, I I mean, for many, many reasons, I'm super excited. So we're going to get into all these new crop protection products as we go throughout the show today. Yeah, we're pretty excited about a lot of the things going on heading into 2020. A lot of things to be fired up and optimistic about on your farm. Some of these new products that are coming out may be some of those tools for you that you say, wow, haven't had a great tool for that before, or I've been looking for something to improve my program. Uh, We'll give you some ideas on today's show. Also be taking your calls and questions at 844-44-AG-PHD, or you can send us an email, radio at agphd.com. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. You deserve to have a building that will last for generations. With more than 110 years of experience and thousands of satisfied customers, Morton Buildings is the industry leader you can trust. Unlike other construction companies, you work with Morton Buildings craftsmen from conception to completion. There's no better time to buy. Lock in your new building for 2020 today. Contact your local Morton sales office or visit mortonbuildings.com. 
Customer service goes a long way when trying something new. Ryan Shaw from Michigan shares how Soil Warrior helped him transition to strip tillage in his operation. The Soil Warrior guys, they are amazing to work with. They made this jump in this transition extremely painless. One question that I get all the time is, how is the service and everything? And I said, well, actually, I get better service from them than I typically do my dealers uptown. They're just amazing. More info at SoilWarrior.com. Bean growers continue to see yield loss from white mold across the Midwest this season. To maximize next year's crop, a white mold prevention strategy that includes Contans WG Soil Fungicide is a must for your farming operation. Applying Contans this fall to reduce the sclerotia in the soil is the most effective way to stop white mold at its source. Start a Contans white mold control strategy this fall or pay for it later in lost yield. Find your full potential and increase your bottom line with branded generic fungicides from Atticus LLC. Fungal diseases can be devastating, but Acadia, Slant, and Talaris 4.5F from Atticus deliver lasting, broad-spectrum fungi control so your soybeans, sugar beets, and dry beans can thrive. Growers across the region count on Atticus for relevant and reliable products that deliver results every time. Ask your local retailer about Atticus products and visit AtticusLLC.com to learn more. For value-based solutions you can trust, turn to Atticus. Always read and follow label instructions. Back, you're listening to Ag PhD Radio, broadcasting from the Morton studio today, talking about new crop protection products. Brian, we went quite a while without a whole bunch of new things coming out. When Roundup Ready crops took over, we just didn't see as many new products for a while. Well, again, like I said earlier in the show, we saw lots of new products, but not uh, truly new modes of action. So we're going to talk about both today. I'll give you a couple examples of, well, let me start with something that is just a combination of older products, like for example, Brixen from Sipcam. Now we like Brixen. It's a good fungicide, but what it is, is it's the combination of Domark that's been around for a long time, or the active ingredient that's found in Domark and the active ingredient that's found in Quadris. Okay, so if I look at those two active ingredients, they've both been out there for quite a while. But why would I be interested in this? Well, because now I've got two modes of action. I've got a very inexpensive option. I've got the Domark portion or the tetraconazole portion in there that does help on sclerotinia white mold, which has gotten a lot worse here in the last few years, mainly because of all the humidity we've had and a lot of soybean, canola, sunflower varieties that just aren't very... Um, they're, they're just not very tolerant to sclerotinia white mold. So anyway, this Brixen product can be used in corn, soybeans, peanuts, pecans, and sugar beets. So yeah, it can't be used everywhere. Like I mentioned, canola and sugar beets, or sorry, canola and sunflowers a minute ago that do get white mold, but it can be used in a lot of the other crops. And again, we're talking two modes of action. So yep, it's new, but the modes of action and the actual components, the active ingredients have been out there for a while. All right, uh, we've got Joe Short with us right now with Valent. Uh, let's talk about what, what's going on with that particular company because there's a lot of exciting things there and a really broad offering from Valent. Joe, thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Good afternoon. How are you guys today? Good. You know, it used to be easy when we were talking about uh, Cobra and Select back in the day. And yeah, it wasn't this great big offering like you have now. Where do you even start? 
I ate, it's, uh, I, I, I like to start at the beginning, and that's uh, kind of start with the uh, the portfolio we have with the uh, the soy pre residuals. I mean, that's been a, that's been a mainstay. I mean, obviously the pieces like Cobra and Select Max are, are so important products and great agronomic solutions. But as you guys know, with the uh, weed resistance issues we're battling and battling water hemp and uh, Palmer, depending on the geography you're at, having that residual up front on your soybean acres is critical today. So our fierce and uh, valor portfolio has been a, a key thing for our growers today. Yeah, you're right. We do like starting with something like uh, Fierce MTZ and get all those modes of action out there. That's that's a nice way to go. And for more growers out there, they're seeing the benefit of buying a premix like that where they don't have to buy so many different products to get the job done. And also having that flexibility to, to use it in really any kind of tillage system, but uh, you could lightly incorporate it. You could lay it on top. That's That's kind of nice. Absolutely, and that's and that's what if you go through what we've tried to do with the Fierce family of products is bring in the premix that brings the right solution depending on whether it's your weed mix or obviously with uh, soil types. Um, you know, if you've got you know the uh, broad broad seeded uh, broadleaf issues like uh, giant rags stuff like that, the Fierce XLT works great. But we also know that there's soil types that that doesn't work very well with. So that's where Fierce MTZ works so well in such a broad set of acres. You know, a lot of things in the seed treatment field that Valen's been working on, the, the biology uh, with some of the different mycorrhizal products. Uh, there, There is quite a broad portfolio with Valent. I don't think a lot of um, growers realize how, how big a company you're working with. Yeah, no, it's it's it. I, we feel fortunate for you know we're we're not one of, we're not the, one of the big big boys out there as far as the bigger companies, but we're very fortunate, especially with our uh, with our parent ownership of Sumitomo. We do have a great pipeline of things that we're working through in some of our different uh, parent companies that we have, and it's been really helpful. Whether it be some things pipeline from Sumitomo or the things we have coming from Mycorrhizal, um, that has just been bringing agronomic solutions that are key for the growers today. Now, Joe, a lot of things, too, with Valent, uh, you've been really heavily involved in some of the rebate programs out there. Farmers have really appreciated the opportunity to save a little extra money with some of these tie-ins. Uh, what What are you working on this year? So the the big one um, that most people should be familiar with is we're part of the, uh, we've been for a long period of time, part of the uh, Roundup Ready Plus program. Now that's obviously become the Bearer Plus Rewards program. And uh, obviously it's a great opportunity uh, to have uh, earn rewards back on our uh, Fierce and Ballard brands along with Select Max and Cobra, uh, depending on the, the, the participation level that the growers want to participate at. It's really a, a lot of flexible earning opportunity there. Yeah, a lot of exciting things going on. Uh, we're talking with Joe Short with Valent. Joe, thank you so much. Really appreciate having you on today. Look forward to talking to you again down the road. I appreciate it, sir. You know, Brian, uh, Joe mentioned we got to start with those pre's, and I think it, it does kind of bring things back. I, I do get excited about a lot of the new things coming out, but, uh, man, you got to have a good pre-emerge program. you got to get those weeds under control before they start taking over your field. They get thick, they yep. get big, and it's tough to get good coverage and take them out. Well, that plus the fact that you've lost yield. I, I mean, that's the number one thing I'm always focused on is loss of yield. But yes, as they start to get big, it's harder to get them under control. You have more chance that things are going to go to seed and create problems in the future. I mean, there. here's one other thing I want people to think about is how many insects or diseases can those weeds host? It's unfortunate. Even like uh, foxtails, for example. I was just looking at something last night. Foxtails are a great host for corn rootworms. So if you didn't have pre-emerge weed control in corn, for example, all of a sudden you might have a whole bunch more corn rootworms. 
Yeah, that's that's exactly right. So you you got to pay attention, um, and, and you know also you just got to look at what some of the options are and, and different ways you can get things applied. We've got uh, Brandon Shroggy right now with us with FMC. Brandon, how you doing today? I'm doing well. How are y'all? Good, good. All right, lots going on with FMC. Where you want to start? Well, it depends. What, what do you guys want to talk about first? We're uh, fortunate to have a new herbicide, insecticide, and fungicide uh, coming available um, here in 2020. All right, let's talk, um, let's talk about the herbicide first. Yeah, sure. So the one we're going to be launching just actually got um, Nebraska registrations. I believe it has South Dakota as well. So we're going to be running with it this spring is Authority Edge. Now, for some of those folks who may have had experience with Authority Supreme, it's a similar premix of sulfentrazone and pyroxysulfone. This one, this Authority Edge, just has a higher load of sulfentrazone for some of those heavier soils. Gotcha. Yep, makes a lot of sense. Two mode of action pre. Uh, a lot of growers like like those premixes. They can knock two things out at one time. All right, I like the fungicides that you've got coming. Can you talk to us about what's different about that? Sure. So what's so fascinating about it is a lot of these are based around the background molecule known as flutriophol. And leading up to these recent years, we really weren't sure how systemic and how effective flutriophol really could be on a lot of these different diseases and how systemic it was. And so the proof of concept came about from use in almonds and grapes where we're able to actually make soil applications through drip chemigation and get really lengthy control of foliar diseases, whether it be powdery mildew um, or a number of others. And so in implementing this in field crops, we're actually able to see a very impressive disease control response in field corn applied at plant. And so the new fungicide is going to be Zyway XYWAY 3D. It's kind of a play on the terms of, you know, xylem mobility, being able to take it up through the soil, move it through those plant extremities, and give us a really good barrier of control against a lot of our foliar pathogens. Got about one more minute, and Bob Hooten would kill me if we didn't talk about the insecticide piece, Brandon. (laughs) Well, so we actually are naming it VKM32 right now because we don't have a trade name yet. We're anticipating it's going to be available sometime uh, mid-summer of next year, but this is a really neat premix of both Brigade and Prevathon. And so if you're uh, familiar with Prevathon, it's got a really good tox profile, very uh, good worker safety, applicator safety, beneficial insect safety. Um, And then we also have very good control of epidopterin species. So when you throw that uh, Brigade component in there, that bifenthrin, that helps broaden that spectrum with uh, bloopers, stink bugs, and aphids in cotton, corn, and soybeans. Awesome. Excellent. Uh, Got a two-mode-of-action pre-emerge herbicide. Got a two-mode-of-action insecticide. Got a brand-new fungicide coming out with systemic uptake. Uh, Really exciting stuff. Been talking to Brandon Shroggy with FMC. Thank you so much, Brandon. Thank you. Stay tuned. We're talking new crop protection products on today's Ag PhD radio show. 
Hey, Bill, any advice to control tough weeds and rootworms? That's easy, Jim. Buy two, save three. Wait, for weeds and rootworms? Buy two, save three. Combine your Impact or new Impact Z herbicide purchase with a qualifying insecticide and save $3 per acre. Buy two, save three. That is good advice. For details, go to buy2save3.com. Impact, Impact Z, and Buy Two Save Three are trademarks owned by Amvac Chemical Corporation. All rights reserved. Impact Z is a restricted use pesticide. Always read and follow label instructions. You need a powerful herbicide to fight the war on weeds. Bellum is Rotam North America's mesotrion herbicide, and it fights against the annual broadleaf weeds attacking your cornfields. Winning this battle means higher yields, lower cost to you, and maximized profitability. For long-lasting residual weed control, check out Evinco, Vilify, and our newest mix, Rixa. For application, flexibility, and season-long control, that's Evinco, Vilify, and Rixa, powered by Bellum. For more information, visit bellumherbicide.com. That's B-E-L-L-U-M herbicide.com. How do you know when to run your grain bin fans? There's an app for that. With the Steps GMS app, you can manually turn your fans on and off from your smartphone. You can also configure the Steps GMS app to automatically turn fans on when the humidity or temperature is ideal to keep your grain in top quality condition. Save yourself some time and take the guesswork out of managing your stored grain with the Steps GMS app. Contact us at stepsgms.com for more information. What do you think of when you hear Palmer Amaranth or Water Hemp? If you use fierce herbicide in your soybean fields, you don't have to think about them at all. With two effective modes of action and up to eight weeks of residual control, Fierce takes on even the toughest weeds like water hemp and Palmer Amaranth. Take control of your soybean fields and get incentives from Bayer Plus Rewards when you choose the power of Fierce Herbicide. Talk to your local retailer today to put Fierce to work in your fields. Always read and follow label directions. The last thing you want after harvesting your grain is to spoil it before it goes to market. The Grain Temp Guard from FarmShop MFG is a low-cost bin monitoring solution that tracks temperature and humidity and alerts you when conditions exceed safe thresholds. Visit FarmShopMFG.com. We started utilizing the Dual React system this year. You can adjust your speed and it automatically adjusts your sprayer tips. So you can slow down and you aren't building up huge droplets or you can speed up and you're not throwing a mist that's drifting. Hypro, helping you spray better. Revitech fungicide from BASF has been specifically developed for the selective soybean grower who doesn't compromise. If you think good is good enough, if you're okay with just achieving rather than overachieving, if average is your goal, this is not the fungicide for you. Revitech fungicide, brand new chemistry, three no excuse modes of action, zero modes of compromise. Sounds like the fungicide for you. Revitech fungicide from BASF, that's smart. Always read and follow label directions. listening to Ag PhD Radio Broadcasting from the Morton Studio today. If you would like to join our discussion, you can give us a call at 844-44-AG-PHD. Or, of course, if you just have an agronomic question that pertains to your farm, that's fine as well. We've got a number of those that also came in via email. Radio at agphd.com is the way to catch us there. Or you can find us on Twitter, Ag PhD Media, Brian Hefty or Darren Hefty. Brian, you know, we, we had quite a few new products that we were talking about at our winter workshops this year. And uh, are there some that, that you still wanted to talk a little bit more about today? Yeah, absolutely. And in, in fact, uh, I assume you have your workshop book over there. Darren, I know you, you spent some time talking about this at the workshop. I, I guess the, the next one that 
I, I would probably highlight would just simply be um, these new BSF fungicides that have Revisol in there. That's a new triazole. So if you think about the triazole family, that would be similar to like, well, the, the first one that was big was Tilt many, many years ago. And there are still some people that are using generic Tilt because it's cheap. Uh, that's roughly two bucks an acre, two, three bucks an acre, something like that. And I don't have any big problem with Tilt, but it's just we've got much, much better triazole fungicides today. And in some cases, it's not much more money we're talking about. But anyway, what BSF has done is they took this Revisol, it's a triazole, and they put it together with Headline, and they put it together with Zemium. Uh, so you've, uh, and Zemium, uh, you would know from Preaxor. Preaxor is headline and Zemium. So the Zemium is an SDHI. The headline is a strobe. And then you've got the Revisol that is a trizol. So you've got three modes of action. And I have to assume, and I don't know, but I have to assume that they wanted a three mode of action product because Syngenta had a three mode of action product in Trivapro. So anyway, now you've got Revitec, which is three modes of action, like I say, that's corn, peanuts, soybeans, and they're really going to push that pretty hard on soybeans from what I understand. What we've seen so far, it's looked real good. Uh, they also have Veltima, which is the Revisol that, tri that tries all together with just headline. And that they're going to use, especially like in corn. Now, granted, it's labeled for many different crops. It is labeled for beans um, and a whole bunch of different specialty crops. Sugar beets, uh, peanuts, sorghum, potatoes, peas, citrus. Uh, but anyway, in corn and soybeans, you could use this Veltima, but they're going to push this pretty hard, I believe, in corn around that tassel application. So if you've been thinking headline amp, that's kind of been the number one product at that timing from BASF. Well, now maybe you want to go this direction and go Veltima. They are telling us they're getting some more response. So, uh, you know, in, in terms of yield. So we'll see how that kind of plays out. So we are excited about that. Um, they also have Obvious Plus that's come out. They have Pro Provisol, um, and that one is uh, just the Revisol. Uh, that is uh, just that, that straight triazole, but that one is not labeled for corn and soybeans. So when I said earlier you can't get that straight triazole, I, what I meant is you can't get it in corn and soybeans to compete against like Tilt or something like that. But for some of the specialty crops, this Provisol, uh, Provisol you absolutely can get. So, yeah, so you got BSF there having four new fungicides. So not a whole lot of talk about new herbicides or insecticides or anything, but the fungicide thing, like I was saying earlier, that's big. All right, so Darren, what else do you want to highlight before we uh, wrap this up on the new new products? Well, one that I, I was thinking about too, Brian, is Saltro. And I know we've talked with Wally West about that with Syngenta um, earlier here this winter, but that's a new seed treatment that, that is going out, uh, especially on soybeans. We've talked about it quite a bit for help on sudden death syndrome. And I know we've got Alevo, and Alevo is an SDHI chemistry, and, and uh, so is Saltro. And we've seen really nice uh, performance out of the Saltro. We're looking forward to seeing uh, some more information on that this year as it gets out on some acres, uh, which should be really fun. The thing about Saltro compared to Alevo, data looks like it's not, you know, a huge leap and bound jump better or anything like that. But but what we're seeing is less response on the plant. So we aren't seeing the uh, halo effect or the little burning of the edges of those cotyledon leaves. And if we're a little easier on the plant, for a lot of growers, that's going to be something that gives them a little assurance that, you know, uh, it's 
it's not hurting my plants. I'm helping them SDS. That's a pretty good product to choose, and it's got some impact on soybean cyst nematode suppression or or just holding them back. Uh, I wouldn't say it's going to be the greatest nematode product in the world, but it's certainly something that's going to help, which, hey, nematodes are a big issue, and we can use all the help we can get. So Saltro is one that I'm kind of interested in. Yep, and then when we're talking Syngenta seed treatments, they do have Vibrance Trio. That's a combination of Vibrance, Maxim, and Apron. They also have Tavium, which is their dual magnum plus dicamba. So if you have been wanting a premix that has a whole bunch of residual from a group 15 and you still want to be able to spray early post in your dicamba tolerant crops like corn or the extend soybeans, uh, you can absolutely do that. So now we've got another option there. And anyway, there are there are a number of new products out there. Oh, I guess I would mention one other thing too that we've been talking to people about a lot here in the last year. And this isn't a brand new product, but it is a recently released product, and that's Convert from Precision Labs. It's a compatibility agent that we've had good success with. We talk about these every once in a while here on the show, compatibility agents. It's so important for your farm when you're out there spraying. Uh, or for that matter, even in the spring with your planter, you got fertilizer, what all are you mixing together? We just have seen with this this Convert product, and there are a number of compatibility agents. So again, I'm just saying get a compatibility agent because sometimes things mix great, and then for whatever reason, the next time you mix them together, something starts to go wrong, and you go, uh-oh, it looks like it's starting to turn to sludge. Uh, it's getting gooey. Uh, I got got a problem because the last thing you want to have happen is you scraping stuff out of your spray tank. So get a compatibility agent. We have, I mean, this is something we use on our farm. We do, we do a lot of this uh, really on the research side where we're trying to prove things out like, okay, what can we mix together? And you know, what are are we going to spray? And oh, let's try this weird combination. And so we end up with more problems there as you can imagine. But the point is these compatibility agents can save you. They don't cost much money. Have a jug or two or, you know, whatever, have five gallons on your spray rig all the time. If it just, it's, if it saves you one time in 20 years, you're going to be super happy that you had that there. All right, Darren, anything else on new products? Nope, but we'll certainly be talking about more. There's still a few that may get labeled in time for this spring. And uh, if they do, we'll, we'll try and let you know about those as well. All right. Uh, before we move on, because I know we're going to get to the Ag PhD mailbag quick, I, I just wanted to make mention of this. A week from today, we've got the last Ag PhD workshop that we're doing this winter. It is a collegiate workshop, and we're going to be giving away a few college scholarships. Now, we did one of these in Baltic right at our field day site last month, but we are doing one this month in Watertown, South Dakota at Lake Area Technical Institute. So if you want more information on that, you can go to agphd.com. And again, if you're a college student, you can get a college scholarship. Um, if you, uh, uh, We are going to be giving some away that day. And how we do it is basically you got to be pre-registered. you got to show up and be there for the entire day. And then we give you a quiz at the end. And you just have to take the quiz. It's not like, oh, the six highest scores are going to get the uh, get the scholarships or anything like that. But we just we we try to do a lot of outreach with younger people who are interested, and I shouldn't even use the word younger, less experienced people, let's say, 
in in agriculture. We really want to make sure that that next generation that's coming up, or whatever generation it is, that we are all, as farmers and people involved in agriculture, we're all well-trained, we have the right information out there, and we do the best job possible with the soil, with the environment, with our water resources, and we are very careful about how we're spraying things, especially around neighbors and around cities. So there's still a lot of, unfortunately, negative talk, negative publicity all the time about farmers. And we just like to make sure that we've got good information going out to people and that they can um, respond to some of the challenges that we occasionally get in agriculture. Because the way I look at this whole thing we're doing a phenomenal job in ag. You look at the United States and Canada, what we do in terms of food production, food safety, food quality, it's amazing. I think farmers are doing a great job out there. We got to tell the story a little more though. All right, stay tuned. We got the Ag PhD mailbag coming up next. When looking for someone to help with your risk management, a key component to look for is patience. Patience to bring you along in the process at your own speed. Patience to learn about your operation. And patience to not only discuss what strategies may be effective for your plan, but why they would be effective. That's the strength of Grain PhD. I'm Darren Hefty. When you're ready to become more engaged in your risk management, Grain PhD can assist you with that process. Visit grainphd.com to learn more. Using NSERV Nitrogen Stabilizer with Fall Fertilizer Applications keeps nitrogen available into the spring for maximum crop growth. Field trials in Iowa show NSERV delivered an average revenue increase of $22.96 per acre, and NSERV is the only recognized nitrogen stabilizer product in the Iowa Nutrient Reduction Strategy because it reduces nitrate leaching. That's max profit in an environmentally sustainable way. Calculate your field's profit potential at nitrogenmaximizers.com. White mold, sudden death syndrome, root rot. If you raise soybeans, it may seem like you have all the cards stacked against you when it comes to disease. But did you know there is a new cost-effective seed treatment which can help prevent all three? Heads Up Seed Treatment offers a new proactive approach for dealing with fungal and bacterial diseases. Compatible with other seed treatments, hedge your bet against disease this spring. Ask your dealer for Heads Up today. To locate a dealer, visit headsupst.com. What do you think of when you hear Palmer Amaranth or Water Hemp? If you use fierce herbicide in your soybean fields, you don't have to think about them at all. With two effective modes of action and up to eight weeks of residual control, Fierce takes on even the toughest weeds like water hemp and Palmer Amaranth. Take control of your soybean fields and get incentives from Bayer Plus Rewards when you choose the power of Fierce Herbicide. Talk to your local retailer today to put Fierce to work in your fields. Always read and follow label directions. You know a healthy crop is required for your best results. Simply put, balanced crop nutrition pays. AgriLiquid Fertilizers have the research, technology, and products to deliver those results. We also have an outstanding team of field agronomists ready to help you with your fertility decisions. AgriLiquid can help you maximize your yield potential effectively and economically. Visit agriliquid.com to find a dealer near you. Maximize your flexibility and control the toughest broadleaf weeds and grasses with Anthem Max herbicide from FMC. With a wide application window in both corn and soybeans and with an easy to tank mix formulation, Anthem Max is ready to go when you are. 
Visit fmcagus.com or ask your FMC retailer about Anthem Max herbicide. Always read and follow all label directions and precautions for use. FMC and Anthem are trademarks of FMC Corporation or an affiliate. Back, you're listening to Ag PhD Radio, broadcasting from the Morton studio today, and it's time now for the Ag PhD Mailbag. It's the mailbag! First question comes from Bronson. He said, I've got a topic idea I'd like to hear more about if you're interested. I've heard you guys talk about subsurface drip irrigation before, but haven't heard a lot lately, and I certainly understand probably no one needed any last year. But I'm just kind of curious what you think about that, if it's worth the cost and uh, if you've seen uh, pros and cons outside of what we would normally think of. To say where he's from or his soil? Missouri. Type. Okay. So the the whole thing is it's expensive when you start talking subsurface strip tape. You can absolutely do it. It's very efficient. You're going to use a lot less water than you would if you're running with center pivot. And where we really see the fit is especially small, irregularly shaped fields. You can run crop nutrients through there. You can obviously pump a whole bunch of water through there. You can control that that system quite well. So, I, I mean, there are a lot of good things about it. The two negative things, I would say, number one, obviously, is cost. Um, it's typically two or three times higher than what a center pivot is going to cost. If, let's say, you had a full quarter section that was square, okay? Uh, but I would also say a lot of times doesn't last you much more than 15, 20 years. So you've got to be looking at that payback, and it's it's got to be fairly decent soon because it's not going to last forever. Now, granted, a pivot isn't going to last forever either. But, you know, going into how is that going to pay back for you, to me, it, it fits better where you're hotter. So certainly Missouri is a lot hotter than we are here. I mean, last year... Um, we never even got to 100 degrees. I think our hottest day all year was like 93 degrees. It was very cold. So we we didn't have a lot of issue with needing more moisture in that soil. And boy, if you're going to pay off something that might cost you $1,500 an acre or more in terms of investment to get this set up, um, yeah, you, you, you got to gain a lot of yield. So Anyway, I, I, I like it. I think it's a good system if you need it, and especially where, again, you have smaller, irregularly shaped fields where a pivot doesn't fit. That makes sense. Where you have limited water, that makes sense. But you got to have some real good yield gains. If you're not gaining significant yield every time, I mean, consistently every or on average, I should say, every year gaining a lot of yield, then it's going to be tough to make that pay. But can it? Absolutely. It's going to pay better where it's hotter and certainly where you have a little bit lighter soil. All right. Thanks for the question. Really appreciate that. I get one from Cesar. He said, I'm from Illinois and I'm switching to enlist soybeans this year. I'm curious, what do you think for the herbicide program I'm going to like about this? What should I be doing? And then also wondering what you what you would do for fertilizer in Illinois if I'm shooting for really high yields? Okay, well, the first thing is in terms of herbicide within list, it's great because you have the option post emerge to spray Roundup, to spray Liberty, or to spray Enlist One, which is the new 2,4-D. So that's awesome. Plus all the conventional soybean herbicides as well. 
What we would always encourage you to do, though, is put down three pre-emerge herbicides. So I would advise you to start with a yellow. That's trifluralin or prowl. Uh, prowl is a no-till product. Trifluralin is the conventional till product. And then add metribuzin and then add either authority or valor as well. So get three modes of action pre-emerge. And then you should be able to clean everything up with you know, either a combination or spraying these separately. Do the enlist one is the 2,4-D. Go out there with Liberty later on. Um, you're you're going to be you're going to be real happy. And again, you can mix in Roundup with either of those, super cheap, especially with that 2,4-D. Because keep in mind, the 2,4-D or Enlist One does not kill grass, whereas Roundup will wipe out all your grass, other than of course Volunteer Corn, if you want to count that as a grass. Liberty pretty much kills everything other than any plants that may be tolerant to Liberty, which would be Liberty-resistant soybeans and uh, Liberty-resistant corn. So otherwise, you're going to kill everything out there, and there are no weeds that are resistant to Liberty in the world. Then you talk about the fer- fertilizer thing. Oh, hold on, hold on. Oh, on the herbicide. Ahead. Okay. Yeah. Now, Caesar didn't say what tillage system he's using, but uh, when you look at no-till, I, I think these new traits, the extend, I would say, and the enlist, both bring something to the table for the no-till guy. Uh, words of advice for guys going into that situation for the first time this year. They've never done it before, but now all of a sudden, hey, I can use 2,4-D safely right up, uh, uh, well, really, anytime. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so the pre-emerge herbicides we're talking about, if you're in no-till, just throw 2,4-D along with that. Awesome. Now you've got all your broadleaf weeds burned down and you're in great shape. You can you can throw a little glyphosate in there too to burn down any grass that is up already. And keep in mind, we talk about those three pre's. Yeah, Prowl isn't going to give you any burn down activity, but Metribuzin certainly does and Valor and Authority do as well. All right, talking about fertility, we just want to see the soil tests. I'm, I'm not going to make any recommendation on fertility without knowing something about what's already in the soil. So we want to have good levels of phosphorus and potassium. We want to have good levels of sulfur. We need good levels of all the micronutrients. So, you know, I would just say this. If you want a fertility recommendation, send us your soil tests. We're more than happy to take a look at them anytime. All right. Appreciate the question. Uh, I get one from Billy here. He said, I am in northern Alberta, and I've... I seeded some fall rye late last year as it was too wet for us to get out there. However, it didn't germinate before freeze up. So I'm wondering whether or not it will make seed this spring. Well, I think it probably will. We've had the same situation. If I was a betting man, I'd before. say that it probably will, but Yep. <laughs> but you know, uh, we're we're just guessing. So you're asking saying, us for adding, a guess. I love adding probably <laughs> <Right>. in there. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, I'm gonna guess it'll probably germinate in the spring. We've had fall seeded crops before that also haven't germinated, and then all of a sudden they come up in the spring. So we're gonna hope for the best for you, and hopefully that all works out. If not, I guess worst case scenario, you just have to seed something else in there. All right. Let's uh, head back to the phone lines. We got Justin with us now in Nebraska. Justin, how you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Good. What can we do for you? Uh, I got a question. Uh, how would you go about uh, killing volunteer corn ahead of corn? How far ahead of corn? Uh, how far ahead of planting? Well, well, how far are you willing to delay planting? I guess that would be the that would be the question. Because if you can get it to germinate uh, uh, in the spring and then kill it, that'd be awesome. But I don't want to make you wait to plant either. Yeah, the least delay, the better. I just we did a bunch of bulldozing on a farm, and I'm going to have to run a disc across a bunch of it, and there's a fair amount of corn on the ground. I'm afraid I'm going to plant it when I till it. 
Yeah. Uh, so honestly, when we've had similar situations before, we just said, you know what? We don't even want to fight it. We're going to plant beans and then we don't have to worry because we got plenty of, we can kill that anytime. Otherwise, you could go out there, certainly Fusillade, Select Max, you know, one of these uh, volunteer corn killers. Those, those are great. But the problem is you really need to wait several days. Now, it depends a lot on rainfall, heat, you know, in terms of exactly how long you're supposed to wait. Uh, but you can look on the label, and typically it's going to tell you 48 hours to seven days, something in that range. So we're, we're going to tell you to be on the safe side. You would want to spray it and wait a week. And if that's yeah, too... Uh, with- if with clethodim too. Yep, with clethodim too. So, you know, and this is one of the things I didn't even realize until probably, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, something like that. For But for many years as an agronomist, we just went around telling people, oh, yeah, there's no residual with Fusillade or Select Max, clethodim. Uh, you know, and then uh, somebody did something, and, and we just, we looked on the label too, because somebody asked, well, what if I want to plant corn tomorrow? And I said, you know, it's actually technically not on the label, so I can't recommend it to you. And they said, well, you know what? I want to try some anyway. <laughs> and they did that and their corn died. <laughs> so I go, uh, yeah, we, we, better be, we better be a little bit careful with that moving forward. So, yes, we would advise you to, to give it a week. Now, granted, you can follow the label and do exactly what it says. And if it happens to say two days... You know, like I say, if those two days are cold and wet and, you know, nothing can disappear in those couple of days, uh, can't break down or anything like that, I just, I, I worry about it a little bit. We got enough risk in agriculture already, so I would prefer to see you wait at least four to seven days. Would you put some crop oil with it too? Absolutely. Okay. Well, waiting a week wouldn't be the end of the world. Yep. To get it clean. Yep. All right. So, yeah, if you can do that, you'll be in great shape. Hey, thanks for the call, Justin. Really appreciate it. All right. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with more of your questions here on Ag PhD Radio. We know balanced crop nutrition pays. AgriLiquid has the research, technology, and products you need to grow a great crop. Plus, the expertise to give you a recommendation based on your soils your fields, and your goals. AgriLiquid has the phosphorus, potassium, and micronutrient products necessary to deliver the best results from a solid fertility program. Visit agroliquid.com to find a dealer near you. Your independent spirit is more rewarding than ever before. Unlike programs that require growers to purchase a particular seed brand or to bundle certain products, the FMC Freedom Pass program rewards you for making the best choices for your fields. Our exclusive agronomic rewards, performance assurances, application innovations, and product financing make it easier to protect your crops and cash flow. Visit your authorized FMC retailer or fmcfreedompass.com to calculate your potential financial incentive and learn more. When it comes to my weed control, I know a head start can go a long way. That's why I spray early, so I can keep control all season long with a Roundup Ready Extend Crop System. The system that makes the difference. This is my field. Choose the Roundup Ready Extend Crop System for control of more weeds than any other soybean system. 
featuring Extendamax herbicide with Vapor Grip technology to manage tough to control weeds, including up to 14 days of soil activity, along with the field proven performance of Roundup Ready to Extend soybeans. Now you have the right tools to extend your weed control and extend your yield with the system that makes the difference. Learn how you can put the system to work in your field when you visit RoundupReadyExtend.com. Extendamax is a restricted-use pesticide. Performance may vary. Always read and follow grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. Check local regulations for specific requirements in your state. Clean fields and higher yields start with a strong battle plan. For soybean growers, there's no stronger ally than Sonic Herbicide. When applied pre-emerge, Sonic has proven to defeat yield robbers like water hemp, mare's tail, and giant ragweed. With long-lasting residual control, it keeps fighting to defend your field from invaders. Visit BattleWeeds.com to plan your attack against weeds. Always read and follow label directions. Sir, yes, sir! How much yield and profit did you lose the moment you put your seed in the ground? A poor stand at planting keeps your crops from reaching their yield potential, and closing the seed trench behind the planter is essential to establishing a good crop stand. The Germinator Closing Wheel from FarmShop MFG is here to give your crop the strong start it needs for maximum yield. Act now to receive an early order rebate plus free shipping. Get ready for spring planting with the Germinator Closing Wheel. For more information, visit farmshopmfg.com. Back. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio, broadcasting from the Morton studio today, right in the middle of the Ag PhD mailbag. Let's get back to that. We've got a question from Steve in Illinois, and he said, I wanted to share a story with you. You guys have talked about doing some deep manure placement in the past. Uh, however, uh, had a situation come up in our area uh, where a grower put hog manure on at, at a pretty high rate and ended up having some nitrate issues by placing it too deep. Is that it? I was waiting for more. Yeah, yeah, I could give you a whole bunch more, but no. I don't want to read a huge, long email. Yeah, okay. Uh, well, first of all, I'm going to argue just a little bit that it was from placing it too deep. I don't think it was from placing it too deep. I think the problem was it was placed at too high a rate. So we don't typically have issues with manure when the rate is when, when an appropriate rate is used. And I don't really care where you put it. Now, granted, if... You're placing it, let's call it 12 inches deep. So we've done stuff clear down to 20 inches, and it's fantastic. Um, But we also have clay subsoil. If you have 12 inches of black dirt, and then you have pure sand below it that's a 3 CEC, for example, well, then you can get about, you can put about 30 pounds of nitrate into that. Um, So that where I'm going with this is, too high a rate was applied. It wasn't because you placed it deep. And I, I don't know what more I can really say about that. And if you if there was a mistake made because the farmer looked at his top six inches and he didn't look at what his cation exchange capacity was where he actually placed the manure, well, I could see that happening. And I mean, we don't, I'm not saying I want that to happen. That's, that's bad. But that's why the mistake happened because he said, oh, dog, just look at my soil tests. I take 10 times my CEC and I've got a 20 here in my top six inches. And then if he had pure sand, that's a three down below. Oh, hey, now I got a real problem. 
So anyway, no, I, I have zero issue with a guy putting manure deep. Don't let people tell you that, oh, you can't put manure deep because we don't have good, um, you know, aerobic activity or anything like that nonsense down below. You change your soil then. You can make a change. Make sure that your drainage is good. Make sure that your calcium levels are good down there and get more air going down deep. That's the whole point. We want to drive roots deeper. So if we have fertility down there and we start driving roots deeper and we start building organic matter, we have good calcium levels down there, we're going to get more air moving down deep into the soil. But if you have poor drainage, you have crazy high magnesium down there, and you have no roots down there, well, where are you ever going with that? So anyway, yeah, we've had fantastic success putting manure down to 20 inches deep. Love it. I'd recommend it to most people, depending on soil type. But we always, with manure, have to take a look at how much nitrogen is in this and how much am I putting on per acre? Because the mistakes that typically happen with manure are mistakes of over-application. And I realize I'm, I'm not making life easy for you if you say, well, um, I got a lot of manure and what am I going to do with it all? I'm not saying that I, you know, uh, this is, this is going to be super fun for you. But what I am saying is you got to come up with a new plan if you are over applying what is getting what is going out there and that nitrogen thing is a big deal because yes we all have to be conscious of this and we have to be responsible so we don't screw it up for the next guy and put nitrate into the water and by the way then it, it makes no economic sense for us either as farmers i mean we want to use that nitrogen we need nitrogen desperately for our crops we just have to put it out in the right fashion at the right rate we'll be fine all right, thanks for the question and, and the comment there, Steve. Really appreciate that. I uh, got one here. This is from up in Manitoba, Brian. Uh, several questions. First of all, uh, enjoy listening to your show. Great job. Find it useful for our farm. I sent you some soil tests and want to get your opinion. We're trying to raise corn and soybeans in this area for the last five years. We've been fairly successful, but we're just not getting the high yield average. We're in the 100, 110 bushel corn, 30 bushel bean average. And we've got areas that are pushing 150 to 180 and areas that are pushing 70 or 90 bushel beans, but we also have some that are much lower. Now, wait, stop right there. Oh, wait, I'm sorry, not 70 to 90 bushel beans, 40 to 50 bushel beans. Okay, but it, yeah, it, what we would typically advise you to do then is start comparing. What's the difference in those soils? So just literally take two soil samples on your farm. Go to your very best yielding spot. Go to your worst yielding spot. And let's try to figure out, okay, what, what's separating these two things? So when I look at the, the test, let's see, do I have multiple tests? There's yeah, it looks eight like tests I, here. Oh, great. Okay, so I've got them on my screen. And I, so I, I just was looking at one and I didn't scroll through all of them. Uh, okay, now I got it. So the, the problem is he's got four parts per million of phosphorus. So, I mean, he desperately needs phosphorus. I'd like to see that be hmm, 50 on my farm. Now, when we're talking the kind of yield you're talking, you don't need to be 50, but you need to be 30. So you got to apply a bunch of phosphorus or maybe a little more than that even. Uh, and your base saturation K is really low. But look at the it's sodium, super misleading. Right? Yeah, yep. I'll get to that in just one second. Uh, you know, like on potassium, it's very misleading because like on your, where it's interpretation of your parts per million, it says potassium, 222 parts per million. And it's got it all the way over at the high. So that would mislead you into thinking you have enough potassium. I can't promise 
promise you, you do not have enough potassium. You're less than 2% base saturation K on every single test you've got. You need potassium bad. Uh, okay, on the sodium end of things, there's, all right, you got some spots that are good. But there's one spot, for example, where you have 2.3% sodium. I didn't look to see, oh yeah, there's a 4.1, there's a 2.6, there's a 1.7, that's not bad, there's a 3.3, there's a 5.3, that's not good. So when you start seeing 5% sodium, we get a real problem. You're going to have a bunch of dead soil. My assumption here is we have poor drainage. So when I take a look at that, I go, hey, I got 37% magnesium. That means I already have a tight soil and water's just not getting away which means my sodium probably isn't yeah, getting away. And we get either. some soluble salts up into the threes, yep. and yep, yep. We, get, we get some issues with that, and drainage would be good. But we've got yep. heavy so ground. Tile. Cation exchange capacity 33 to 50, depending on what you're looking at. And subsoil is all in the eights, so it's not a problem that's just happened overnight. It's been going on for a while, so it's going to take a little while to fix that. But I agree with Brian. If we got some subsurface drainage in, that would be the start to, to getting more predictability out there. Yeah, it absolutely is. So just like in in this five base saturation sodium spot, and, and this is true for everybody, I just want you to think about this. If you ever have a sodium issue on your farm, how you're going to get rid of it is two things. It's good drainage and it's sulfur. And the reason why we want the good drainage is because salts are leachable. So once we have good drainage, now we can flush all the salts out of our soil. I shouldn't say all. We can flush all the harmful salts out, all the excess of salts out. That's great. Now, sodium by itself is not a salt, but we can turn it into a salt with sodium or uh, with sulfur, I should say. So sodium sulfate is a salt, and then we will get that flushed out when we have rainfall. So get the drainage fixed, get your base saturation K up, get your phosphorus up, and I would absolutely be working on, yeah, if you get drainage out, drainage correction, get some tile out there. And there is some sulfur in some of your some of your ground, like that 5% sodium area. You've got some pretty good sulfur levels. So I'm hoping that just the drainage alone does it. There might be enough sulfur out there already to pull that sodium out. We'll just have to see. Yeah, that'd be fun to see. Okay, got a couple more things then. He said, I'm wondering what you would do to, to decrease my soil pH. So we're kind of hitting on that. Drainage. If we can get that sodium to yep. come out. Sodium raises soil pH 4 to 1 versus calcium, four times as much as calcium. So if we can get that out, that would be great. Another thing that, uh, last question here, he said, we've noticed that strip tillage is a good thing. However, it's hard to justify purchasing a new strip till machine for a thousand acre farm uh, to maybe 1500 acres. Sure. Any other suggestions that you would have? Because Share one with a neighbor. Yeah, and this heavy ground, I can see banding might be a nice thing to, to get things started, at least for the beans, for sure. Yeah, I would really look at seriously sharing one with a neighbor because... He, he, yeah, somebody else has got the same problems you have and they right. farm right next to you. Right, but if you've got a thousand acres, I mean, it's probably only going to take you five days to go through that with a strip till machine. Well, I, I mean, your neighbor could take it for five days and maybe another neighbor for another five days or something like that. You see where I'm going with this. So that's my suggestion. Otherwise, get a used strip till machine. But I'm with you. We've had some ground that's like this too. And in the short term, banding is a great way to go because that phosphorus you're going to throw out there, it's probably going to get tied up or a lot of it in that high pH that you've got. And also your roots aren't going to find it real well because your roots can't move real well right now. There's too much magnesium. There's not good enough drainage. There's too much sodium and 
other things that are limiting that root growth. So you got to continue working on improving that over time and things will get a lot better. Last comment I want to make real quick, you get nutrients in balance, soil pH starts to neutralize as well. Thanks for listening to our show today. Be sure to join us again each weekday for more Ag PhD Radio. Now stay tuned for Rob Sharkey and Shark Farmer Radio.